0: Good morning, everyone. So, we're continuing our series today on Kingdom Come. So, hopefully, you all know we've been working our way through Isaiah 61. So, the first few verses of that, just to help us have a clearer understanding of when Jesus tells us, seek first the kingdom of God. What, what actually does that look like? In our everyday lives, what, what does it look like to be seeking God's kingdom? But also, I think by, just by going through this and unpacking it, it helps impart faith to us. It helps us grow in faith as to what we're expecting in the everyday, and actually, it's been amazing here hearing so many testimonies and stories today already, just about God at work, God moving, and one of the things that I love about it is sometimes it's, it's almost a clear, obvious sense of God really putting you to do something, And other times it just seems like it's the natural thing to do in that situation. And you do it and God still inhabits that and moves in it. And it's both. God works both ways. So don't always just be waiting for this clear, obvious sign for God to be telling you to do something. But at the same time, let's be aware. Always looking for that prompting of the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God lives in us. And communes with us. And talks with us. So... Today, last week, Mike kind of did week one on comfort, so the kingdom of God is comforting as comfort those who mourn, and this week, I'm kind of doing week two on it, or not kind of, I am. Um, Well, we'll see. So, Mike did a really helpful thing last week of showing us how our culture, for where we live, actually, and how we've been brought up and the culture around us can affect how we engage with the scriptures. Are we engage with comforting those that mourn? Uh, and, and more than that, actually showed us that biblically, we are to mourn with those that mourn, we are to rejoice with those that rejoice, that actually it's a community thing. Okay, So there might be a lot today, the way I come at it from, that almost talks to us as individuals in a way, but that doesn't negate what Mike said last week, and it fits in with that, if that makes sense. So make sure you put the two puzzle pieces together because they, they make a whole and they're really important, okay? So let's just start by reading Isaiah 61. Um, I was rushed and late this morning, so it will not appear on the screen, but that's always good to get our own Bibles down, if you've got your Bibles with you. Um, just an encouragement for you if you don't tend, if you might be someone that tends to read your Bible on your phone, and that's really good and that's great. I know for me personally, I find it helpful actually having a physical Bible. Um, it just helps me engage scripture in a different way and I don't mean in terms of how I read it but actually in terms of for me there's something about well I remember I read something roughly around here on this page kind of thing and so just, just an encouragement that actually we can't have the word of God in our hands enough and also know if I'm on my phone it can be, if messages keep coming in and things like that um, it can be a distraction as well i um, it's not saying Bible and phones are bad, they're really good and really helpful, but just I think it can be helpful as well to have our Bibles. But yeah, so from Isaiah sixty one, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. To come to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. All of this that we're looking at today leads to the glorification of God. It, it, it's it's. God is at work in us and through us that his name may be glorified, but that is actually what is best for us. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So as followers of Jesus, as Christians, the the spirit of the Lord is upon us because the Lord has anointed us to comfort all who mourn. I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes I can read that passage and I can almost feel like, yeah, that's for that person, that's for that person, that's for that person. But I I don't feel like God's spirit kind of is always upon me and in me for these different things. Okay. And scripture talks about um, Satan, the enemy. Accusing the brothers day and night. Okay, it's extremely likely that all of us, in different areas, are going to have the enemy putting his finger on stuff. Potentially regret. Oh, if only you'd done that better. If I, I mean, do you think God is looking down from you from heaven, being like, I really regret you doing that? Particularly if you've said to, particularly if particularly you've asked for His forgiveness, or is God looking at you, saying like? you are a child of mine who I delight in who I love, who I am for and I'm so excited about our future together it's so different isn't it we tend to look back but actually God likes to draw us to himself and look forwards and that doesn't mean there aren't things to celebrate from the past as well but actually when we brought our sin to God he's dealt with it, it's done so when God's kingdom comes to comfort those who mourn it isn't just talking to someone okay to make them feel better, the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. That's one Corinthians 4:20. Okay. So if we're looking to bring godly comfort in a situation, if we're just responding in of ourselves, like I said, sometimes when God moves in us, it is us naturally moving in something. But actually, if we're depending upon ourselves to bring comfort to that person, actually they might receive some sort of comfort, but it's not the comfort. Of God, It's not the comfort of God's kingdom coming in that situation that will bear eternal fruit. It won't be fruit that fades, that disappears. So godly comfort, that which is truly needed to console, strengthen, encourage, and help people in times of trouble goes beyond the natural. I find it really interesting that giving encouragement is part of comforting people. That's something that God's been drawing out this morning, hasn't he? But actually encouraging one another. Come on, let's be a people that encourage one another. Let's be people that comfort one another in the way that God will comfort. So, godly comfort. It's about us and the very presence of God standing beside the person. Okay? So, if you're like me sometimes, and you can sometimes struggle with Isaiah 61 a little bit and being like, yeah, I can see how it's definitely about Jesus but boy, oh boy, I don't feel like I live like that at times. Sometimes we have to choose to believe the truth. Okay. Sometimes we have to choose to engage with the Scriptures. We, we ask God for revelation. We ask God to, to come and make it alive to us that we think in line with truth, but it's also a battle. And I can say that from the perspective that you can go to sleep one day thinking hallelujah I'm righteous all by the blood of Christ Jesus and wake up the next day and be like worries me my life is a mess but but we can flip can't we between the two but the truth of who God says you are righteous redeemed by his grace as a free gift that remains true and the truth is the spirit of the Lord God if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and saviour if you've been baptised with the Holy Spirit not only does God live in you you, but you are anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power to go about doing good. This is truth, okay? The enemy does not want you to believe that. The enemy will do everything he can to get you to doubt it. But what's the wonderful thing is, that if we think about ourselves, if we think about our own weakness, we think about the fact that we struggle to do things, we might see someone who's in a really dire situation and really needs comfort and you're like, oh my God, I, I don't I'd rather want stay silent, silent because I don't want to say the wrong thing to them. That is exactly the perfect situation for you to go into. Why? Because you're not depending upon yourself. You're depending upon God. The God who wants to comfort all. And it's the same for any situation in life. Now, there might be the odd time where God, God speaks to you and says, actually, I don't want you to go into that situation. But he might just want you to pray about it or something like that. But that only comes about by being dependent upon him and, um, and leaning into him. There's just a testimony that I just feel stirred to share. So this is, I was listening to Terry Virgo's talks on grace this week. Um, he does like a, a small series on it. And there was a situation where, actually I'll say it's a testimony, it's a made up story that he shares. But it's a useful illustration. But say you've got, say you lead a growth group or you're in a growth group, someone from your growth group is in the hospital, okay? And they're about to have a big operation. They've already been in the hospital for a week and you're aware no one else has gone to see them. And you start asking the question, okay, God, no, you start thinking, right, actually I ought to go see them. I'm really busy. I've got, got to get the kids from school. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this, but, but I really should go, go and see them what you might do is you might end up going and seeing them and you might sit with them for a few minutes you might think well you might have a little chat with them and then walk away and you've ticked a box yeah it's done I've seen them hopefully I've comforted them what happens if in that situation you say God I'm worried about this person I want to go and see them but I don't know I've got time what are you saying and what are you doing and God might say to you actually, you haven't got time today to go and see them. And that's okay. Okay, you walk away not condemned. Or God might say to you that you need to, that I want you to go and see that person because they're really worried and scared. They've never been in hospital before. They're really scared by this operation and I want you to go and bring peace to them. Now when you go and see them, you're not occupied with what you've got to go and do as soon as you leave. You're occupied with ministering the peace of God to that person. Do you see the difference? Okay? And I just feel like, actually, there's, there's going to be times when we're looking to see God's kingdom come where we just need to pause for a second. We just need to say, God, Holy Spirit, Father, what are you wanting to do now? How are you wanting to use me? And then we step forward in faith. Okay? And like I say, it's not always going to be this really clear, obvious voice from heaven. But actually, it's how we walk hand in hand with the Father. A few weeks ago, Carrie brought a prophetic word, didn't she? About as a church, we're moving forwards. But it was um, a picture from Wallace and Gromit where the train's going and they're putting down the track as they go. And you don't know where you're going to go. You don't know where the next turn is and all these different things. And it's like, some, often our lives are a bit like that, actually. And God would just say... Trust me and lean with me, and I will make the track go in the right direction. But trust me and walk with me. Otherwise, you might end up off the track. Which doesn't do you good, and it doesn't do people around you any good. (laughs) So R.T. Kendall points out that the name Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit, and this has already come up this morning, in John's Gospel, this is chapters 14, 15, and 16, Uh, the helper who was to come when Jesus ascended to be with the Father is impossible to translate with just one word well so you'll see across different translations uh, of the Bible some of it some say counsellor some say helper some say advocate and some say comforter and I think that's so important isn't it because we're going back to Isaiah 61, it says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me and has anointed me to comfort those who are mourn." So the one who is the comforter, who has come to help us, the, um, the Greek word actually for helper or comforter there is parakletos. Parakletos, that's the one. Parakletos. And actually, the first definition for that was one who comes alongside. Okay? And so, when we're looking to bring comfort to people in situations, it's through the one that comes alongside. It's through the comforter, the helper, the counsellor. God is the one that provides. And it's his kingdom of power. Okay? Power at work. So when we see someone who's upset, or in need of comfort, or in affliction, or mourning, we need to allow the Holy Spirit. We need to allow the Parakletos, the one who comes alongside, to help us, to lead us, to be dependent upon Him. And sometimes it might even He might even lead us to do things that seem a little bit weird to us, but actually, you never know the opportunity that it might open. There was a, this is a story from years ago uh, it's just come to mind but there was a lady I think it was in London uh, that went up to someone once and said I really feel God told me to tell you that God loves you and the person broke down in tears and said I can't remember the exact number but it was like something like you're the fourth person to say that to me today and the likelihood is the first three people never saw the person react Okay, or the reaction might be different every time but God knows what he's doing. We are to be faithful and to follow him. So the spirit of the Lord God is upon us and he has anointed us to do good works. He has anointed us to comfort those who mourn. I just encourage you to go over that. Okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word about Christ. It comes from hearing the word of God. And sometimes we need to go over these verses, we need to dwell them. It says, if you abide in my words, you are truly my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you want to know the truth about what this passage is saying for you and for your life, we actually sometimes need to abide there a bit. We need to dwell there. We need to make our home there. We need to go over that. And then God says, and then there'll be freedom. There'll be freedom in the way you think and as the way we think is transformed it transforms our lives It's tying in with Romans 12 we then know what the perfect will of God is and be able to follow it so it's, 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 it's this link of actually if you're struggling to believe this past, don't, don't worry about the verses below that top line in Isaiah 61 if you're struggling to believe that spend a week, spend a few weeks, spend a month just every day go over that declare it and say God I'm choosing to believe this because you say it's true Okay, And if you're going, Pete, I don't understand how you're getting to that point of saying it's about me. Jesus says to his disciples, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Okay, That's to each one of us. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So let's receive that in faith. Let's choose to engage with it, to believe it, and ask for revelation of it. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 to 5. This is a great passage looking at the comfort of God and how we are to receive the comfort of God and to give the comfort of God. It's wonderful isn't it? God says it's more blessed to give than to receive and actually there is a Part of that meaning is we find great joy in giving. And actually, even the way God comforts us, as we're about to see, he does it in such a way that we can give that to others. Freely you have received, freely give. So from verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's starting with worship again, isn't it? We ended the last passage with worship. They're starting again. Blessed be the God and Father. Praised be. Hallowed be Him. Exalted be Him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. So He's the God who comforts us in all our affliction, any affliction we go through, God can comfort us. So that we can comfort those who are in any affliction. So the comfort of God isn't hemmed in, it's a thing that's to flow out to all, graciously flow out. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. So, God, our Father, I mean, just a few verses before, it talks about grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God, our Father, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is the Father of mercies. He's the Father of mercies. He's the place where mercies come from. And he's the God of all comfort. One of the ways we think about mercy is it can refer to showing compassion and kindness to someone who is actually an offender or or an enemy. When we see the utmost expression in this, when we look to the cross, we see, so Romans 5, 8 says, God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. So we get the righteousness, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Okay, so it's not that we follow rules and regulations to, um, to, to, to attain righteousness, to attain a right standing with God. But no, it's through Jesus' blood shed for us upon the cross and us believing in him. god has been taking me on a real journey this week and I'm, I've not worked this out by any means yet, completely. But I've realized that I can take the verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, as a command, which it is a command, but I can turn it into legalism. I can turn it into a law that I must follow. Okay, so it's something that we're to give ourselves to. And, it, it, and actually, that, that is part of the, the, com, the Ten Commandments, isn't it? Is we're, to, we're to love the Lord our God first. That's to be the thing we do first. But if I'm giving myself to that as a law that doesn't bring life actually it says if we try to justify ourselves by following the law it brings condemnation so actually if I try in of myself to love God more because I feel like I need to because he's telling me to and I, I make it this law that I must obey and follow actually it takes me further away do you know, do you know what it does? so this is really interesting in Romans 7 it talks about our relationship with the law before Christ was that we were married to the law. Okay, the law will not pass away. Okay, the only way that um, you get separate, the only way that you could marry another is by one of you two dying. The law will never pass away, we're told. The law is this perfect, righteous husband that is never wrong, that always points out all your flaws and imperfections and never lifts a hand to help you. Okay? Wonderful. Okay, we're stuck. We're stuck. But actually, what scripture tells us is that when Jesus died and we put our faith in him, two things happened with the law. One, he perfectly fulfilled the law for all righteousness' sake, so that God can accept us as holy without and um, we're with still maintaining his just judgment. But secondly, he also. Died for our sin taking all our sin and punishment okay that's what we were due he died for on the cross he suffered that he suffered the wrath of God fully and it says we died with him so our relationship with the law was severed and we're now not under law it says in Romans but we're under grace it says sin will no longer have any dominion over you because you're not under law but you're under grace and so, how how do you think Jesus feels if I'm if I want to love him, if I want to love God more if I'm going back to my old husband, the law, being like I'm going to fulfil this law to help myself love you more, putting laws and things in my life? It's not going to make your new husband feel good, is it? Like if if you if you if you were married to someone in the past and you married someone new, going back. Your, your new husband isn't going to appreciate you keep going back to your old husband, are they, to make them happy? No, that's not how it works, is it? It's not how it works. But There's this wonderful passage in Deuteronomy where it says that the way we love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength is because the Holy Spirit circumcises our heart. There's a change in our heart by the Holy Spirit. It's by God's grace. So, so yes it is a good law and it's a, it's a good commandment and it's something we need to give ourselves to but it's by grace that we grow in loving God. It's by coming to him and saying God I pray by your spirit cause me to love you more lead me in that, I'll follow you in that and yes there are things that we need to do but it's by grace it's by his grace does that make sense? Okay. So if we, if we, if we, feel, if we feel like we need to grow in loving God at the moment if we're feeling a bit distant from him we don't suddenly come, put these different things in, well, I'm going to read my Bible more, God, I'm going to, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to witness to people more, I'm going to, oh, that person's fasting, I'm going to fast, I'm going to do all these different things. All you're doing is heaping legalism upon yourself, which is going back to that old husband, which says you've, you, don't, you don't meet the standards in of yourself. But actually, we go to Jesus, and we say, thank you for your bloodshed for me thank you, come lead me by your spirit and by his grace, this grace in which we now stand. He helps us and he will deliver us and he will keep us. This is so important. So this, this, is, this is the gospel, this is the, the good news, this is the father of mercies. And, and part of the reason why that's all so important when talking about comfort is verse 5 says this, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so that I mean, I think probably most of us in the room here are quite aware that the Christian life isn't easy, is it? It's not easy. It comes with hardship. Jesus tells his disciples that if the world hated me, they're, they're going to hate you. Okay, so I don't want to spend any more time on that bit right now, but then it says, so through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too. Okay. So we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, but it's through Christ. It's, 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 the entry point into comfort is the gospel. The entry point into knowing the comfort of Father God is what Jesus has done for us upon the cross. Okay? So actually, maybe this morning you feel like you need comfort. Maybe you feel like you need the comfort from God. We can come expectant that God will give, us, will give you comfort this morning because it says that he comforts us in all our afflictions, so there is not a single affliction that you are going through that he will not comfort you in. And you can come boldly to him because you are covered in the blood of the Lamb, because of Jesus, because he has made a way, because the curtain has been torn open. So being a Christian does not mean we don't have troubles. And the comfort of God does not mean that he removes the troubles from us. But by his grace and wisdom, it means that he will meet us in those. He will encourage us. He will strengthen us. He will pour his mercy upon us. He will draw alongside us. Remember, going back to that Greek word, it means one that stands with you. Okay? When the Father comforts you, he stands with you. But more than that, is it's for others as well. So verse 4 says, Who comforts us in all our affliction. So he comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort others who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves have received from God. Okay? So if we want to be a people who can bring comfort to other people, we need to be a people that are receiving our comfort from the Father. Okay? If we're not receiving comfort from Father God, we're, we cannot give his comfort to other people. We'll be able to offer some form of comfort to people, but it's not going to be the comfort of the kingdom of God, which, is, which has power to transform a situation, which has power or even just to raise you up so that you're walking in faith, delighting in God even in the hardest of times. I think there's a lot we can learn from children here. So Ezra and Molly, if they get hurt or if they're upset about something or any number of situations, their first response when they're crying is to run to their mummy and daddy. Okay, And they seek comfort from us. It might not be that much longer before they say, "I can have a TV on just to help me calm down," or "I can play on the Kindle," or "I want my teddy," or if they know there's sweets in the house, custom sweet," or something like that. But their primary source of comfort is coming to their parents. Where's your primary source of comfort? Where's my primary source of comfort? What do I do? if I've had a tough day, if I'm feeling afflicted, if there's difficult things going on, maybe it is reaching out to friends, okay, that's not, that's not unbiblical, we, we've seen from what Mike said last week, actually, us as a community, standing together, mourning with those that mourn, rejoicing with those that rejoice, rejoice is really important and really biblical. It could be maybe a glass of wine. I know, like I enjoy a nice glass of wine to help me relax and, and to chill out. It could be putting a TV on, it could be a good book, it could be social media, it could be any number of things. And none of these things are bad things in and of themselves. But for true comfort, for true encouragement, for true, true strengthening for the hope that we need that only comes from God the father of mercies because of what Jesus has done for us it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit and so can I just encourage you just like my children come to me and Alex let's come to our father let's come to our heavenly father when we need comfort when we're in affliction Knowing that Jesus has made the way. And do you know what, that's astounding. No matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, no matter how difficult the situation is, Jesus has made the way that in that instant we can come straight to God. And we can be expectant that the Father of all comfort, that wants to comfort us in every affliction, will be there to meet us. Will be there to draw alongside us. Will be there to give us hope, to comfort us. And that doesn't mean that very quickly after, we don't pour ourselves a glass of wine. Or contact our friends. Or sit down and relax in front of the TV. Or, those, like I say, there's nothing wrong with those things. But let them not be the primary thing. Let them not be the thing that you most instinctively do first. Okay? And that's going to take a while. It's going to take persistence. It's going to take diligence of actually building that relationship of just going to God first. And actually, sometimes God will even lead you into those things. You might come to him with something and he'll be like, you know what, you just need to go for a drink with this person. You just need to spend some time with this person, it'll do you good. Okay? And actually, sometimes we experience the Father's comfort, actually, more often than not, through those around us. Okay? So I'm not not saying don't go to others around you, but let's be open to what, let's, let's just be like, God, lead me in this. God, I want to know your comfort. Thank you, I can know your comfort because of what Jesus has done for me. Cool. I'm just going to end by praying for us um, I want to pray that we really grow in this that we really grow in this, this understanding of all that Jesus has done for, you, for us that we are anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power to live out this stuff to bring this stuff wherever we go that actually we are equipped by the Father of mercies to bring his mercy and comfort to those that need it around us and that actually for any of us now that need comfort to know comfort now Just that you will know the mercy of the Father, the comfort of the Father God dwelling alongside you now. God, I thank you for this wonderful good news, this wonderful gospel of grace, Lord God, for what you have done for us. Lord God, it says in your word that if you do not spare your own son, how will you not also with him graciously give us all things? Lord, and that includes comfort. Lord, that that includes when we're in times of affliction, when we're in times of hardship, Lord, when there's things going on that that make us feel like we're we're drowning, make us feel like we can't move forwards, Lord, as we reach out to you through Jesus, we know that you will meet us, that you will encourage us and that you will strengthen us. So I just pray right now, Lord, for for anyone this morning that, that needs to know your comfort, that needs to know your mercy. Lord, I just pray right now, come and meet them. Lord, right now, come and bless them. Right now, come and strengthen them. Lord God, I just ask this in your name. Lord God, just come, we pray. Lord, help us to grow in these things. Lord, help us to grow and in believing your truth and living the truth out. Help us to, to recognise our weakness, but know when we are weak, you are strong. Lord, just come and be with us, we pray, in your name. Amen.